welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. <laughs> Dude, it's always a, it's always a fucking adventure. Like, I, I told, I told some people, like, I'm going to try to, like, cuss less today on the episode yeah. for some reason, but... It is always something just trying to get the friggin' audio to work. Bro, that's the thing, though. One day we'll be professionals, right? And we'll get the shit down to a science. Yeah, it's crystal clear. But until then, it's a lot of trial and error, man. It's fine. You know? It's fine. Well, we are coming to you live from the middle of the Amazon rainforest, as you can tell with the cicadas in the background. Yes. Me and Puma are sitting in the middle of a jungle. Yeah. Bringing you podcast number 29. Oh, it's great. That? Live and direct. Oh, man. Week two of the, uh, well, I'm sorry, week one of the NFL season has wrapped up. We will do a quick little recap and bring you the top three storylines from that week and then look forward to week two. Wait, week, week three. Where oh my week God, two? week three. Jesus, dude. It's, it's Tuesday. It's oh fine. Oh my God, dude. You know what? Tuesdays are the absolute worst for me. No shit. Yeah. It's like by Thursday because I'm off. Well, you know, fr- tomorrow's my Friday and yeah. then I'm off Thursday through Saturday. Well, how, so. how my work week is set up, like Mondays, people come in, right? From the hot and just bitch about everything, right? And everybody's putting out fires. And then Tuesdays, we have all our meetings. It's just like a barrage of stupid meetings. Yeah. You sat on throat with life when you called me today. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I was happy to, like, take that call and jump out and make a quick phone call. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. I got like, to take the phone call. Yeah, all right, all right. How you been, though? Good? Not too bad, yeah. man. Uh, Marky started up soccer last week. Nice. So he had, he had his first practice, and uh, he had his, like, I guess it's like a glorified scrimmage. Uh, just yeah. have everybody mixed together. And he got his team assignment, and he had his actual first practice with his team today. And he's got a game Saturday, I want to say at 10 o'clock. So nice. pretty excited. Okay. And okay. Uh, he seems to be liking it. I think he's going to be great as a defender. They had him lining up at, like, defender, midfield. And then I think he was playing forward a little bit. But uh, he looked a little bit more comfortable playing playing in the back part and the defender okay. uh, defender role. So, All yeah, right. we'll see, see what well, happens. Hopefully uh, Marcus enjoys it and is the next great uh, Lionel Messi out there, right? Oh, yes. You know yes. What I'm I, uh, it is that time of the year, man. You know, fucking – when is soccer season, by the way? Uh, so it's like from now to the last game is the day before – the last game is November 16th. Okay. So the day before – So basically it's a fall sport. Yep. Well, falls upon us. It's a fall sport, you know. Uh-huh. So I woke up the other day, man, and uh, it was like uh, 49 degrees. And you know how there's just like the cicadas and the grasshoppers going in the middle yep. of the, in the, middle of the uh, summer? Like – it was so cold, like there was no noise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was really eerie, man. Like I woke up and everything was quiet. I'm like, did the world explode outside? No like shit. what's going on, you know what I'm saying? No like, it really freaked me out kind Dude, of it thing. Gets, it gets kind of weird when it's like super quiet like that in the morning and there's like fog and it's like, is yeah. this straight out of the mist? Right. Minus Stephen King novel exactly. right now. Especially because, I mean, summer is like very energetic. Cars are moving around right. and there's animals outside and then you just wake up one day and everything is dead. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck's going on? Yeah. But I will say, it is, uh, it is starting a cold. Falls around the corner, so you know what that means, right? That means Jay Chima has grown out his beard. Uh, here we go. I went and I got my little uh, get ready for the random bag check at TSA. <laughs> I went and got my little beard oil the other day, right? Oh, Jesus. Got my beard wash, <laughs> got my combs. Remember the combs? Oh, how could I forget the combs? Jay? Oh, the combs were good. Yeah, good times. Well, if you guys don't know, myself and Dapuma worked with each other at Tradewind Aviation and uh. I had like what four combs going at one time. Yeah, a massive beard down to like my fucking chest almost. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was always interesting. Then like mid phone call, you would be like leaning back in the chair, 
and I'm like combing the beard in the middle of a phone call. And it's like, this this guy, what am I seeing here? But um, what about you, man? Like you were uh, you were boondoggling out in Rhode Island. So what the what the hell did you do? Yeah, this man. Weekend? So uh, we uh, so my company uh, we had like a little event out there in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, uh, we were sponsoring the Newport International Boat Show. Uh-huh. Um, so we're out there doing our thing, and it's my first time being in Newport, man. It How is was it? Absolutely beautiful. Okay, it is just gorgeous, like old colonial times. You know what I'm saying um, you can tell it's really old school because all the houses are still like how they were back in the 1700s. Oh shit! Um, there was actually like plaques on the houses saying like you know um, William Henry House, or then it'll be like you know Madison something House. And right. Like, if me and you own houses out there, it'd be like J. Chima House. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, it's right cool like that it's like very old school feel and i tell you what i've never seen so many rich white folk in one area before i'm not lying to you i am not lying to you dude jay you're in new england at a boating expo Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess I guess. You know what I'm so. saying? But like, I mean, come on. It's a massive international boat show. I figured I'd see a couple of, you know, diverse people like myself. You know what I'm saying? Right. I saw nobody. You I were was, the diverse person. I was person. the most diverse person. I'm yeah. Like, is this how Get Up, get up happens? Or get I out mean, if, if I was there, it would have been the United Nations. You know, yeah. You got the Brazilian, <laughs> exactly. and then, you, you know, we got exactly. the Pakistani over here. Come on. Dude, even the homeless people. Well, first of all, I only saw one homeless person. It was the same guy I saw all three days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, seriously, this one guy sitting on Main Street there, and, uh, like, yeah, you can tell by, like, his uh, facial features he was homeless, you know what I'm saying? Sophisticated uh, homeless guy? No, what I'm saying is, like, his facial features had, like, you know, he had, like, long, uh, you know, unwashed hair, he had long beard. Right. Um, But then he was wearing Vineyard Vines. Right. As, as, like, his shirt, and he was wearing cargo shorts, right? Yeah. And that was, like, I'm sure it was Vineyard Vines as well, and he was, like, he was wearing, um, like, very nice, like, Sperry's as his, like, shoes. Yeah, he's not like, homeless, Jay. He just like, doesn't want to pay taxes. I'm not giving this guy money, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> this guy is not homeless, you know? No, I'll never forget, this was back uh, back when I was living uh, in New Hampshire, and I had to do something, and, uh, you know, we, my folks and I, we, you know, we lived in Nashua, so if we had to go to Teensboro, it's like a five-minute car ride. And there was always this person that stood in the middle of the median asking for money. And one day I saw her getting out of a uh, Mercedes Benz, like a G wagon. No way. Like a the hundred plus thousand dollar SUV. Yikes. Yeah, she got out of there looking all disheveled and all this shit with the cardboard sign. I'm like, yeah. You're not homeless. No fucking right, way. Right, uh-uh. right. You're about that life of not paying taxes. And I shit. know, right? Fucking, fucking scandalous, man. And uh, and I, you know, give you a good, good story. When I was back in college, I had a really good friend of mine back in college that wherever we went, he would always pick up applications for like food, right? I'd be like, oh, dude, you know, we went to McDonald's, pick up application for for work. He went to Taco Bell, picked up a job application. And, you know, like three months later, he's, he's still doing this. I'm like, oh, bro, you still like trying to find a job? Like, what's the deal with this, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I just, uh, whenever I'm walking down High Street in Columbus, Ohio, going to classes, um, homeless people would like ask for money. And he's like, instead of giving the money, I would always give a job application out and say, I'm giving you hope. Oh, shit. And I'm like, that's the douchiest thing I've ever heard, bro. Wow. <laughs> that is so fucked up. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, some homeless guy's asking for money and you have like a resume, you have like a bunch of fucking applications on hand and you're like, I'm going to give you hope instead of money. How fucked up is that? <laughs> Brutally honest. You know, I don't mind that tact. You don't you know, think so? No, I mean, come on, man. Like, the only way you're going to get, like, listen, I haven't been homeless, so I can't really speak to that. But, listen, if I'm out here busting my ass, like, you know, you should be able to apply yourself a little bit mm-hmm. to help your damn self. Yeah. 
I, I will say this, and, uh, you know, would I carry job applications on me and my utility belt? Nah, not so much. Listen, I uh, I don't want to sound insensitive, and I want to make sure I choose my words uh, carefully before we get uh, kicked off of all our platforms, right? Kicked <laughs> off <of> our <laughs> Me too for me as you well. Don't wanna, you don't want to help the homeless, <laughs> right? You don't want to help them? I, I believe you have no excuse to be homeless in this country. I, I believe you have absolutely no fucking excuse to be homeless in this country, dude. Yeah. Dude, my, my father, you know, me and my father don't see a lot eye to eye in regards to how he sees his life and how I see my life. But the one thing he has taught me is, like, the the work ethic that has been right. installed in me, right? The dude came here from Pakistan as an immigrant with about $17 in his pocket. And I'm sure homeless people out there have more than $17 in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, bro, like, in this day and age, in this world, in the United States of America, you should not be fucking homeless. Mm-hmm. Preach. People just don't want to fucking work, bro. Nope. Lazy bums. Want to live on the take. And next thing you know, Ben J. Chima is the fucking ben hashtag. Hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag Ben J. Chima. You know what I'm saying? So, this is fine. I mean, I, I don't know how it is with your family. I'm sure like um, no, I mean, you my, your dad is Yeah, from, my dad's straight, straight, uh, straight from Brazil. He came here, I want to say, in like the 70s and stuff. And, you know, he, he had to work for everything he had. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, my mom. Middle class, Irish, French, and and everything like that. So there's a strong working class, you know, feeling on that side of the family as well, too. So I had the same, you know, hard work ethic, like, you know, bust your ass, you earn everything that you can get. And, you know, your word is your bond. Like, if you break that, then there's really nothing coming back from that. So I'm with you. I just wouldn't carry job applications around, but I don't really see fault in that guy's logic. (laughs) Yeah. Good old days at Ohio State, you know? No shit. Yeah. Speaking of Ohio State, we look good in a college football, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yawn. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, let's get to some NFL news. Yeah, please, right? Bro? Before we you know, so bring it back, before we get kicked off. Oh, before we start going down all the fucking life right? uh, discussions, you know? Right. We should have that podcast someday. Oh, yeah. Life discussion with JT. <laughs> and we have breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> you know? As Antonio Brown turns. As the world turns, or as the AB turns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible, isn't it? Um, Give you guys a quick rundown. Antonio Brown has been released by the New England Patriots. uh, Reported by Adam Schefter about an hour ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, Incredible. Incredible. Uh, The day that started off with Robert Klumko uh, reporting that Antonio Brown sent uh, in a group message uh, threatening, you know, I guess, conversation pieces between one of his sources in his last article on Tuesday or Wednesday profiling Antonio Brown. And on this thread, not only was it AB, which it was verified by a couple of people in the league, uh, the the source, Antonio Brown's lawyer, but then two other individuals to do background checks and was taking screenshots of this woman's children on here. Yeah. And uh, within the an hour last night, the league received a letter from this uh, the source's attorney uh, requesting that they investigate and they tell Antonio Brown to stop. Uh, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. And even before he was released, uh, Robert Klemko did a follow-up uh, piece on Twitter saying that per the source's attorney, the Patriots told Antonio Brown that he needs to leave this person alone. Yep. And then 30, 45 minutes later, he gets released by the Patriots. Yep. Incredible. Yep. 
Dude, it lasted a whole, uh, what was it, maybe like 10 days? 11 days. 11 days, right? Um, he had one game with the Patriots. And he was due called. $5 million next on yeah, Monday. Yeah. Smart decision by the Patriots, man. Um, I saw this news, and uh, I walked into your house, and you, you saw how excited I was, right? Yep. Um, I was more excited for him to get released than, than, the, than the day they signed uh, Antonio Brown. So uh, I told you everything you need to know about Antonio Brown. The guy, um, listen, the guy has issues, right? Uh, I still can't figure out if the guy feels like he is so good that the laws don't apply to him or he really cannot control his actions or his mindset or rage comes over him, whatever it is. I feel like it's probably the second um, just because of some of his uh, behavior seems very erratic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very, um, you know, he has the entitled piece of it as well, but I really believe he has some rage issues he has to confront. Right. And even like to, to piggyback on that point, before you got here, before we started recording, I did like a quick little Google search of when Antonio Brown got knocked unconscious in that Bengals game. Yeah. And that was on January 9th, 2016. He was going across the middle. He was on the right side of the formation, going across the middle, and Vontez Burfecht completely cleared his clock, hit him in the front of the head, knocked him out unconscious. Now, I'm not a brain surgeon, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but the the you know the frontal lobe controls all decision making and rational yeah. thought, right? Yeah. If you fast forward to June of 17, you have the first two incidents. One of them with the uh, with Brittany Taylor, the one alleging in a federal lawsuit mm-hmm. that he uh, sexually abused and raped her, uh, raped her in uh, in Miami, and then you know did uh, sexual abuse uh, in uh, in Pittsburgh and other locations. And then also in that month, the artist that was being threatened in the group chat was you know allegedly a victim of of sexual abuse as well while she's painting a mural. So that's what yeah. less than eight months well, removed, and then you have all these incidents happening. Yeah, and you can see his pattern of behavior is getting more emboldened, right? It was simple stuff before with uh, speeding at her miles per hour, not showing up to court, right? Which already is fucking red flag right there, right? Like the guy thinks he's so great, he doesn't show up to court, and then it's the rape allegation, and the fucking sec, uh, these uh, the second lady comes out and then accuses him, and then you know he's threatening the lady in a fucking group text, like it's just getting more and more emboldened, and every single thing that has happened to him in the NFL. Besides, this instance has enabled all those actions. You right. Know what I'm saying? And even him being st- traded f- from the Steelers to the Raiders, getting a massive guaranteed contract, emboldening move. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And even the speeding ticket, that happened, I was just looking here, that happened November of 2018. Yeah. That was still after that hit by Vontez Perfect. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the guaranteed money, he goes from Oakland where all he had to do was show up and keep his mouth shut to be on the active roster for the Raiders for week one, and he would have got his $30 million guaranteed. Completely ejects out of that situation. Goes to New England, where he could have gotten, out of the $9 million that he signed, he could have got $5 million on Monday, and then he gets released because he just can't fucking control himself. He's He's crazy. And I'm glad you finally see it my way because for a while there you were thinking that this is all controlled. This is all some sort of big marketing scheme. The guy simply has rage issues. And he oh, I still think I still think it was calculated to leave Oakland. I don't think so. I, th- I, I think, still think it was no. calculated to leave. He was going to New England by way of Oakland because Pittsburgh didn't want to trade uh, trade him within the within the division with well not within the division because they're they're in the AFC East yeah. but to a rival. So he just did a, a temporary stay for a few months in Oakland, but he just couldn't keep his fucking hands to himself. And depending on who you talk to, some people think Bill Belichick had no idea about a lawsuit. Some people like myself think they knew, but maybe yeah. Drew Rosenhaus and company spun it in a way where they said, 
there is impending litigation. We feel like we can beat this. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you're taking more of the conspiracy theory route, and that's totally fine. You can do whatever, however you, however you want to make that take. That's fine. But I see this guy as just being absolutely crazy, batshit crazy. He every single move that he made was out of rage, right? And somehow he just got lucky and fell into the Patriots' lap. You know well, what I'm ra- rage how? Because rage with the incidents off the field because i think well, that what is, is it what is it when you tell your gm you're a cracker and you're gonna you're gonna fight him what is that that's a way of pushing your way out if you listen and rage yeah but if you that? listen to the audio recording between yeah. rosenhaus again out of eight minutes six and a half of it was de- devoted to how good of a landing spot the patriots would be sure yeah sure that's fine i mean that's that's your thoughts and uh, i i see it as the guy lucked his way into the patriots um and then from there, he still couldn't control himself just because his personality is just so far gone. He's such an emboldened person that when he got to the Patriots, he couldn't keep himself to fucking being, you know, in a straight line. You know what I'm saying? Everybody said that he'd get to New England and, you know, fall into the line of the Patriot way. But he still was out there on Wednesday night fucking shooting off text and he fucking came back to bite him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the lawyer copied on the Twitter. Yeah. That was that was the best part. Yeah. And seriously, though, shout out to, uh, to Robert Klemko of uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, Sports Illustrated. Did a great piece uh, portraying what Antonio Brown was like going into college, life in the NFL, these allegations, and him not even paying debts. I mean, at one right now, I think he's valued at making sixty-four plus million dollars in the NFL, and he couldn't even pay debts of low as as two thousand dollars, according to Robert Klemko. And then this whole uh, t- text exchange with the uh, his his source is just incredible reporting by him. Um, right. So now, like moving forward after the whole Klemko bit, he was with this uh, the source that was you know getting threatened. I mean, now we have to move on to what happens with Antonio Brown next. Like he just lost out on thirty million with Oakland. He's losing out on nine million with the New New England Patriots. He would have got five million if he stayed on the roster by Monday. I don't know. Like. Is he playing again? Well, <laughs> I hope to God the guy never st- steps foot into the NFL ever again. Um, the NFL is a privilege. I say this all the time. It's not a right. You don't have a right to play in the NFL. Um, any single any single time that you give a guy like Antonio Brown a chance in the NFL, you're taking away a chance from a really good guy who's not going out there and doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope to God he doesn't play ever again. I hope it, I hope it's the Ray Rice thing and he just goes the fuck away. Right. But we all know the NFL is a bottom line business. And at the end of the day, some GM will give him a chance on a very cheap deal, a very veteran minimum deal, whatever it is. And somebody, somebody can, I can see somebody picking him up and trying to make a run with him. Right. And it won't be this year. I think he'll sit out all of this year. But I believe next year in 2020, you'll see him back in the league. Right. I don't know. I think I think he's done. I don't think I thought I think we saw him play his last down in, in South Beach, which I'd be great, which ironic enough is, you know, essentially a home game for him because he's from Miami. But, you know, with all with all these issues and, you know, forcing your way out of Vegas and these whole off all these off field allegations. And it just I think franchises are going to steer clear from this from this drama like yes he is talented he's probably one of the the best wide receivers to ever play the game but i don't think they want that whole sideshow and baggage to come along with it mm-hmm. you don't you never know what you're going to get with him he's in my opinion clearly mentally unstable yes he he's mentally unstable he just, man you just i don't think i don't think people want that yeah um so I, this is a little bit off topic here, and we didn't, we didn't discuss doing this in the um, pre-production meeting. But let's say he doesn't play a down ever again, is he Hall of Fame worthy? Hmm. I say no. 
And if I don't think so either. And my my guidance on how you determine if somebody's Hall of Fame or not is if you got to think about it, then they're not. Right. You know what I'm saying. I mean, like the stats, like the stats say, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But like, uh, see, now it's hard because you have a guy that was, you know, an accomplice to murder, but you know, alleged accomplice to murder, but he cut a deal and rolled on his people in the form of uh, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Ray in the Ray. Hall of Fame. Uh, in the Hall of Fame. Technically, this is a civil case. Yeah. I, it's, mm. Have you seen a more destructive NFL career? Because this guy was at a clip, 100, 100 catches, 100 catches, 100 catches, six years straight. Yep. At a clip, the best wide receiver for six years in a row. I haven't seen somebody fall this quickly so no, and so abruptly as well. No, you know? I haven't. I, 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 I mean, I, the T.O. thing was different in a way. Um, who else was a diva wide receiver? Fuck, you can't even put Odell in this sentence. Ochocinco. Like, Ochocinco. I mean, yeah, but oh my god, I've never seen. But somebody... see, like diva wide receiver is like they weren't mentally unstable. Like they were, they were yeah. trying to get theirs. Like yeah. what was the like To? Okay, he posed in front of in the middle of the Dallas, like the star logo in Dallas That's twice and, and got into a fight. Cried. That's my quarterback. That's my teammate. Um, signed a football in the middle of a, in the middle of a game while I was with the 49ers. Did sit-ups in his driveway, which is funny enough because he's a Drew Rosenhaus client. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the, the things that come to my mind, not like off-field allegations like this. Yeah, yeah. He's it's, never been arrested. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, you're right, man. You are right. And, uh, you know. Chad T-O. Johnson, Chad Ochocinco got popped once for domestic violence. So, yeah. like, I guess, I guess that's, like, the closest comp we're going to get. Yeah. But... No, this is like you want to talk about how mighty the far, you know, how far the mighty have fallen. Like he is a poster child for that for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that wraps up Antonio Brown. Um, I am glad he's gone from the Patriots. You know that. I was not happy when they signed him, and I'm super happy today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the games. Uh, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna kind of try to get this through quickly, right? Uh, I'm gonna give the floor over to the Puma for. Picking the Finns versus the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, not much to talk about here. The Dolphins, they're starting uh, They're starting Josh Rosen this week. They finally cracked wise, and uh, Coach Flores is uh, starting the second-year quarterback uh, in this system. Uh, everyone say a prayer for Josh Rosen behind that offensive line. I mean, they really got to get everything going on the offensive side of the ball. They had no run game. Their wide receivers can't catch. Their offensive line couldn't stop anybody. They, they really need to tighten that up. If they if I can see ex you know little incremental growth week by week that's fine. <laughs> I've already accepted that we're going 0 16. The defense kept the the Patriots to 13 points at halftime, so there's signs of life a little bit there. Um, on the Dallas side, this should be a cakewalk game. I expect career days from Dak and Zeke and Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup's gonna miss uh, with a you know minor knee surgery. He's gonna be out the next four weeks, but. Uh, they're, you know, they're really not going to miss them that much against the secondary. Uh, the defense should be able to pin their ears back and, you know, have a career day sack wise and probably get a few interceptions as well, too. Uh, taking Dallas at home, they're 21 and a half point favorites as of right now, probably went North of 22 at this point. Um, Vegas is calling this as a 47 and a half total. Give me the over. I can see Dallas dropping like 50 plus on us. Yeah, dude. I, um, 
I have nothing else to say. Dallas 45, uh, Miami 14. I do feel bad for one of my uh, colleagues at work, uh, Paige Blackburn. She's a big Dolphins fan. Her whole family is a Dolphins fan. God bless her. Uh, right? <laughs> and uh, she has three kids, and she would buy them jerseys, right? She bought them a Kenny Stills jersey. Gone, right? Yeah, I have a Kenny, Jills, Kenny Stills jersey, too. Fitzpatrick jersey. Gone. Which one? Mika? Mika. Mika yep. Fitzpatrick. Gone, right? Um and then somebody else as well from last year and gone. Um, and now she was t- she was asking me about some other players. She's like, "Oh, do you think this guy's going?" I'm like, "You might as well just, just get a jersey, just sell it all, just get a jersey and put your kid's name exactly, on exactly, right? <laughs> that's that's really all you can do. Like, uh, I want a throwback jersey, right? but like, there's no oh, like, God. what am I gonna do? Get Christian Wilkins? Maybe he'll want to be traded next year too. The Dolphins are a bad team. I, I think at this point, I think at this point, um, Alabama and Ohio State could probably beat the Dolphins. Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. Um, moving on to the second worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets. Um, poor Jets, man. Had a bad string of uh, injuries come their way. CJ Mosley, Quinn Williams. Um, apparently, fucking Sam Darnold got the kissing disease. Mono. Yeah, right? it's a senior prom. Right, right. Um, Trevor Simeon lasted more than, what, 14 plays max. Less than that, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Doris uh, Ligaments. And uh, and it's not gonna get any easier for the Jets, man. They got the Patriots this week. Um, they have the Cowboys uh, next week. I'm sorry, they have the Eagles next week. The Cowboys the week after that, the Patriots again. So we're looking at potentially 0 and 6 here soon. You know, right? Um, for the Patriots, man, they're gonna steamroll. I'm not gonna get deep into this. Brady, I expect three touchdowns. I had notes here saying that Antonio Brown was gonna play 50 percent of the snaps, but that's not gonna happen now. Yep, no. He's sitting on his fucking couch. He's gonna watch 100 percent of the snaps from his couch. <laughs> Um, I expect the uh, the Patriots to dominate. Um, I think they've made it a point this year to go out and dominate teams. They want to hold out as long as possible without giving up a touchdown. Um, I can see this being probably like fifty-two to three. Right. I mean, real quick, just I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about with the Jets. I mean, pretty soon you're going to have Le'Veon Bell be the quarterback as, as well too. Um, on the the Patriots side, just from like a fantasy football perspective, you could start up Josh Gordon. He's going to get an uptick in value. Uh, Julian Edelman is probably going to stay about the same. I don't think he lost anything, even with Antonio Brown being there. Philip Dorsett's going to see a huge uptick. So and that's then, the one guy you want to keep an eye on, is right. Philip Dorsett, because he's going to uh, fit perfectly into that um, those seam routes. You know yep. what I'm saying? Uh, and then the the Patriots defense. Yeah. If you started them last week, you were a happy camper. I think you got that defensive unit got like 35 points in fantasy. They'll probably get the mid 25s, maybe low 30s again. Uh, against this team, uh, I'm going to take the Pats uh, at home. Uh, Vegas is calling this as a 47. Give me the over. I think they're just going to stick it to the Jets at home. So, yeah. Dude, I, I haven't seen a Patriots team this complete in a long time, man. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm not excited again because the AB's gone and he's not distracting our team. Right. You know he was going to be the reason that we were not going to win the Super Bowl in my mind. And now we're back into it. <laughs> right. Um. You got the next one, Falcons and Colts. All right, Falcons and Colts, Atlanta, the Dirty Birds, they're going down to uh, Indy, well, rather up. They're going up to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. It's always a track meet inside the uh, inside the dome over there. Uh, the Falcons, they, they got the win last week against the Eagles. It didn't look pretty. Uh, Matt Ryan got bailed out by two touchdowns. He threw three interceptions. Uh, the offensive line, uh, it's the depth is a huge yep. issue. Like Caleb Negari. Uh, he went down for most of the game, came back in the fourth quarter. Uh, their other rookie starting lineman, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, he's out with a, a foot fracture for the foreseeable future. Uh, the running game, they really need to get Devonta Freeman going. Uh, he's been really nowhere to be found. Edo Smith has played 
you know, less snaps and had more production over the last couple of weeks than Freeman. If he was ever going to have a bounce back game, uh, it'd be here in Indianapolis. Uh, this defensive unit for Indy has given up 248 yards on the ground over uh, the last 45 attempts. Uh, the Indy side, uh, I just want to see more consistency from Jacoby Brissett. He looked consistent the last two weeks. I want to see you know, him continue to build on that. He just needs to be smarter with the ball, with ball security, a couple of cost of turnovers last week. Uh, Marlon Mack, he's set up to have a career day. But he's also banged up. He has a calf uh, slash hamstring issue, issue, depending on what you read. Um, but Atlanta got gashed on the uh, on the ground week one against the the Vikings. So if he's healthy and full go, he might have a career day. Darius Leonard on the defensive side of the ball for the Colts. He's slated to miss with the concussion, but I still have faith in them. I'm taking Indy at home. Uh, give me the over on this as well. As well. Vegas is calling this as 47 and a half. Yeah, the tricky game to pick here because both teams are um, just eh, middle-of-the-pack kind of teams right now. Um, the Falcons I had higher hopes for. I, I was hoping by uh, two two weeks in we'd see a better showing. Right. And truthfully, for six quarters it looked like crap. But for the last two quarters against the Falcons-Eagles on Sunday Night Football, they look, uh, they look great, man. Uh, in that Sunday Night Football game, they look absolutely brutal, but then they look absolutely beautiful towards the end as well. So it's a lot of up in the air with the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan, I still can't seem to figure him out after all these years in the NFL. The guy can go out there and lead awesome game-winning drives and throw a fucking bomb to Julio Jones or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But he can also go out there and throw three interceptions, right? right. The guy is absolutely all over the place. The one uh, bright spot for the Falcons that uh, really stands out is the wide receiver play. Um, Julio Jones is just beasting it, man. Um, he has 106 yards and two touchdowns in the game against the Eagles on Sunday night, and then he also and Ridley also went for uh, 105 yards and a touchdown uh, on Sunday night football. In regards to the Colts, man, um, Brisket has had a good game so far. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying Brisket. <laughs> wow, it's a food item. Uh, 146 yards, man. Three touchdowns. He looked pretty good. Jordan Wilkins led all backs for 82 yards. Um, T.Y. Hilton was a little bit on the quiet side on Sunday. Um, only 43 yards and a touchdown. The defense looked solid for the Colts. Um, I'm going to take Falcons and upset uh, in Indianapolis 24-21. Okay. All right. Uh, Ravens versus Chiefs, man. The best game of the Sunday slate. Too bad it's not in prime time. Uh, I don't know why I haven't flexed it yet, bro. Well, I guess they can't flex this early out, right? Right, right. They have to wait till what, like yeah. fucking week five or six. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, man, absolute animal. The guy is front leading the MVP race right now. Um, the guy, I mean, you get you you can't you don't have enough words to you know just kind of go off of how great he is, right? Um, I'm getting to the point where by week nine, if he keeps all this up, um, I'm going to be a believer, and I say that because I don't do premature coronation. I don't. It's not if it's not if it's one season, I don't give you that much you know clout. But if it's season and a half, and you continue to get better week in a week out. I'll be more than happy to anoint you as the next grade, whatever you want to anoint him. Mm-hmm. Um, the only concern I do have is uh, the Kansas City offense seems to come in spurts. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the national media kind of pick this up, but um, there was a massive spurt week one against the Jaguars once they came out and they just, you know, put up a bunch of points early and broke the world of Jaguars. And same thing in week two. They came out sluggish in week uh, in quarter number one against the Raiders. And then quarter number two, Patrick Mahomes went off for 278 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and then the offense just kind of went away. So it's something to keep an eye on. Can they have sustained four quarters of offense? And that's big for those guys, especially mm-hmm. the defense they're playing with. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the guy, I'm at that point as well where if he goes into Arrowhead and takes down Patrick Mahomes, man, he's going to be the front runner for MVP for me. The guy, the guy has 
improved tremendously. I can't remember the last time I saw somebody so inept last year and somebody so great in the beginning two games right. of the se- of the year uh, of the season so far. Uh, he has a big time cannon. Lamar Jackson threw a forty one yard bomb to Hollywood Brown in the fourth quarter of last week's game it was a defining moment of the game. Um, and then the, the rest of the uh, offensive talent is unveiled. They got uh, Mark Andrews, who's had uh, the tight end, who's had two one hundred yard games so far, and Mark Ingram kind of uh, nicely runs out that offense. I have the upset alert with the Ravens, 35-27 in Arrowhead. Awesome, yeah. Real quick, I mean, you know, for for Baltimore, the uh, the defense, the, the the pass rush is really going to have to show up. It really wasn't there against Arizona last week. Uh, their secondary is going to have their hands full a little bit with Watkins and Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, but I think I think they can hang in there. I think their defense is slightly better than Kansas City. I think uh, the the Ravens they're gonna try to win this game the way the uh, the Patriots did in the AFC Championship game and just grind it out with with running the football a lot. I think you're gonna see uh, a heavy dosage of uh, of Mark Ingram on the ground at times uh, to just keep uh, Patrick Mahomes off the field. Uh, the Kansas City side, like the the rushing attack, is is a little ding, uh, dinged up. Uh, Damian Williams, he's not going to play. He's missing with uh, with an injury. Uh, Lashawn McCoy has an ankle injury. Um, so the, their rushing attack, if any, is is I, I think it might be a little bit limited here. Uh, Vegas is calling this as a fifty five total. Give me the over, but give me Baltimore on the road. I think if you know Lamar Jackson can go into Arrowhead hostile environment and in a real true test of the season for him because the first two games are kind of cupcakes for him. If he's able to win an Arrowhead, I think he immediately becomes the front runner for uh, NFL MVP. Yep, yep. And Saints and Seahawks Saints is up next. And Seahawks. So the Saints, they're uh, they're Drew Breezeless. Uh, there's no breeze going through uh, through the uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they're going to be rolling out Teddy Bridgewater, his uh, his first start, first actual start in a long time. Um, I think he's going to be improved over last week. He's going to have more reps with the ones. Uh, the defense looked good, short of being called, uh, you know, having a touchdown called back on a BS call by the referees that changed the whole course of the game. Shocker. But um, I think you can exploit the, uh, the, the Seattle pass defense over the last two games, the Seahawks uh, defense. They gave quarterbacks an average of about 64.7% completion percentage and combined 576 total yards through the air. Uh, I also think that you might see a heavy dose of the running game with Kamara and uh, Lat Murray just to take a little bit of the heat off of Bridgewater. You might see a little bit more Wildcat with Bridgewater and Taysom Hill out there. Give that Seahawk defense uh, different looks. Seattle side of the ball, I think you're just going to stick with what's been working. Uh, they're a run-first team. I think they're going to keep pounding the ball with uh, Chris Carson. He just needs to hold on to the, the, the football. He had two costly fumbles last week, lost some touches to Rashard Penny because of that, but Penny's possibly going to miss with the, with an injury. Uh, Wilson can air it out, but like I said, they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more. This defense for Seattle may have a day, uh, especially with Bridgewater under center. I think they could really – apply pressure to that uh, that offensive line. And Ziggy Ansa is uh, slated to play for the Seahawks as well, too. Give me Seattle at home, but give me the under. Vegas is calling this as a 45 total. Yeah, I agree with you. Spot on, man. I believe Seattle's going to win this game. 28-21, Seattle winning. Um, this is the second straight game that uh, Wilson shined uh, last week against uh, Pittsburgh. 300 yards, three touchdowns. He led a massive drive to win the game. Um, Seattle is sneaky good, man. A lot of people aren't giving them the love that they should be giving them, um, but they are sneaky good. And Metcalf finally got his uh, his first touchdown as well. Um, in regards to the Saints, man, 
what are you going to say? Drew Brees isn't there. There's no chance they're going to win this game, right? Especially in Seattle. Um, with Drew Brees, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle with the 12th man. Um, but without him, I, I see no way that Seattle's going to win this game. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he's not the answer, man. Like I said, um, the guy, fifth, sixth year in the league now, he's not progressing. I saw some throws the other day against the Rams where he was waiting for the player to get a uh, wide receiver to get open instead of anticipating. Um, so I don't buy, buy into him one bit. And I, I don't understand why they just don't, uh, why don't they throw uh, Taysom uh, Hill out there and try to see if they can get some sort of uh, spark with him, see right. if that helps out. But, I mean, even though, like, the two of them, though, they haven't seen a whole lot of reps with the ones. Sure. That's, I mean, if they, if they go out and lay an egg, yeah. then I would start pushing the panic button mm-hmm. this week. If, if we don't see, like, Bridgewater with at least quick hits and then, say, if they put Taysom Hill in there and, you know, he does more than just run, tuck the ball in and run. If they're not able to at least get a little semblance of a passing game going, mm-hmm. then on the panic meter, I'm probably at, like, a eight or nine in a division that's wide open in the NFC South. So, uh... For the Saints, they're one and one. Uh, they beat the Texans on Monday yep. football, and then they lost. Yeah, the they're one and one. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. They, I hope. I hope they can keep it. Afloat if they can until... tread water, if they can split the next two games, because they have Seattle this week and they have Dallas. The the next couple of games, regardless of who's under center, yeah. up until Drew Brees comes back, if everything goes according to plan. They would still be alive. They just need to at least split the next two games. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, next up, the Rams versus the Browns. My second most anticipated game of the weekend. Primetime. Primetime on Sunday Night Football. I believe it's been like 20 years, some crazy number like that, where Sunday Night Football hasn't been in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, the Brownies. Why. What's up? I said I wonder why. I know, right? Because of Johnny Manziel. That's why. Shit yeah. fucking quarterbacks. <laughs> um, the Brownies, man, they rebounded. Um, Monday Night Football against the Jets. Um, it was just what the doctor ordered. A lonely shit team to beat up on, right? Mm. I mean, truthfully, even the Brownies didn't look that good. Uh, well, yeah, even on Monday Night Football. That's why, like, the Browns won, but did yeah. they win because they were good? Nope. Or because the Jets were that bad? I They won because the Jets were really that bad. Right. And the Browns didn't have a good performance, and Baker Mayfield didn't have a good performance either. Mm-hmm. I am genuinely worried about Baker Mayfield through two weeks so far. He does not look like the quarterback he is. He People are having him as an MVP. He does not have the confidence anymore, Brandon. I don't know what it is. He does not have the confidence anymore. Um, he, he He's very shaky uh, in Monday Night Football, 55 QBR. Um, he is wildly inaccurate in that game. 19 of 35, uh, 325 and one touchdown. Um, the bright spot on offense, though, was Odell. Odell went out there and uh, threw up 161 yards and a touchdown. Great one-handed catch, as he always does, and an 89-yard run for touchdown as well. On the defensive side, Miles Garrett looked unblockable Monday Night Football. Um, he's up to five sacks already this year. Um, he's my early defensive of the year player. Um, in regards to Sunday night, I think this is a must win for the Browns. I truly do. Oh, no shit. I think it's a must win for those guys. Um, in regards to the Rams, man, they're a little out of sync. Uh, Goff on uh, Sunday against the uh, Saints was 19 of uh, 28, uh, 283 and one touchdown. QBR 57.6. Um, the Todd Father himself didn't look that good either. Uh, the one bright spot uh, that I did see that kind of stood out was Cooper Cup. Yep. Um, the guy looked absolutely amazing. Um, he's leading uh, all wide receivers with 19 targets. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Browns here at 30 to 24. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, just to piggyback real quick, 
I mean, the Browns, they, they, they had, even against a bad team, they had no urgency. Almost every play was going down to single digits on the play clock. There were a few times where I thought they should have had a delay, a couple of delayed game penalties. They, they just don't look in sync. Their offensive line is still a weakness in, the, in that armor. Uh, and I think the Rams, especially with Aaron Donald and, you know, and company, could really exploit that. And I think that defense could have a day. I think you're going to see more of Cooper Cup. I think uh, Jared Goff is going to have a little bit of a re- more of a rebound. That offense is getting a little bit more in sync. Uh, I think if the Browns are going to win, they're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. They're going to have to have up tempo play the whole time. Uh, but I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Rams on the road. Uh, fun fact: Sean McVay, throughout his entire coaching career at this point, has not lost to an AFC team during the regular season. I think that trend continues. Uh, give me the over on this. Vegas is calling this as a 51 total. All right, cool, cool. Last game of the slate to pick: Monday Real Night Football. Right, right. Bears versus Redskins. I'm going to have football, man. Um, Trubisky, I'm not sold on him. I never was, and he has looked horrible for the first two. I weeks. feel like the Bears' description for this game. It's really close to the Dolphins at this point. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no life yeah. to that passing game. There's real no attempt at running the football. The defense is, is great. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about the Bears. So, put it this way, man. Trubisky so far. So, Trubisky last Sunday against the Broncos had a QBR of 29 points, which is not good. It's not bad. It's really bad. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, 16 of 27, 120 yards, and zero touchdowns. Um, the Bears' offense has just looked out of sync, man, and they got to correct it quickly. Like, they got to find solutions here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it sucks that they're playing against the Redskins. Um, well, actually, it's great they're playing against the Redskins because the Redskins haven't been that good either. Right? Nope. <laughs> the Redskins' uh, defense was supposed to carry them so far, uh, but two games into the season, the Redskins' defense is just getting back-to-back weeks, 30 points per on them, right? Uh, the Cowboys last week absolutely abused the Redskins' defense. Um, in total, the Redskins' defense touched that uh, wh- twice during the game and had one sack. And then on top of that, 200 yards were uh, given up to Zeke and, the, and company. So... Um, I think this is a this is a game that's gonna be close. It's gonna be kind of shit to watch. It's gonna be another primetime game where it's not gonna be fun for all of us to watch. But I think Bears pull out seventeen ten. Right. You know? I mean, like the the Bears if they don't if they don't win if they don't win this game against probably one of the you know another bad team. I think if you had to rank them as the worst teams, the Dolphins are one, and the Redskins aren't that far behind. It, it, it's the well, second worst team. If I had to rank them, maybe Dolphins, Jets, and Redskins. Right. You know? It's just if they lose to Redskins, I think that if them being the Bears, if they lose, it's I think it's reasonable to to see a mutiny in that locker room with this world championship caliber defense being squandered because. Trubisky is still making the same, same, same mistakes on real bad reads. It's to the point where Matt Nagy's not even doing play calls where Trubisky has to air the ball out. He didn't even have a twenty a pass go more than twenty yards last game until the fourth quarter to Allen Robinson. I think he finished that game against the Broncos with under hundred and twenty five, you know, passing yards in total. Uh, they they don't have a running game. The Redskins side, the really only bright spot is Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's a huge red zone target. He's had a, he's had a touchdown the last two games. Uh, you know, big target for you know whoever's under center, whether it's 
Case Keenum, who's been serviceable up until this point, or uh, you know the the rookie in the wings and uh, Dwayne Haskins. The defense they they really need to improve. J, uh, Jay Gruden kind of took a shot at the defensive coordinator, saying this defensive unit is too talented to be playing the way that they've been playing so far, and the running game is not is non-existent. Uh, Adrian Peterson only got like 25 yards last game and a touchdown. You know that's not going to be good enough uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Vegas is calling us at 41 and a half. Uh, give me the under, but Absolutely give me under. give me the Washington Redskins in an upset. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. Um, I'm going to have Puma plug it up here soon after doing this for the fourth time. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that don't understand, we had audio issues Tuesday. We got here. We recorded right after the Antonio Brown news broke. Had 55-plus minutes of content. And still audio issues. So here we are, attempt number three. So hopefully you're listening and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Uh, you can find episode this episode and previous episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Jay's so aggravated we're recording for the fourth time. He's throwing his phone around here. I hate you, voice meter. I think, I think we're all at our wits end here. But but we do it for the fans. I don't. Right? We are doing this for Freddie. We love you guys. We are doing this for Freddie. But uh, real quick. Freddie, if you didn't give me that cup, bro, we wouldn't be doing this for the We wouldn't be time. doing this. There would be no game preview. Or I'd be doing it by myself. There'd be Jay watching Life PD. <laughs> no shit. But uh, I don't know if this survived the original recording, but if you haven't had a chance to read Robert Klemko's articles, by all means do so. It's on his Twitter page. It's on the Monday Morning Quarterback Twitter feed. If you still can't find it, DM me, tweet at me, and I'll fucking send it to you. It's it's incredible, incredible work that Robert Klemko's done this week uh, for for this reporting, and it's so incredible that Antonio Brown got released because of it. Yeah, yeah. he he did him in, he did him in. Yep, you know what I'm saying. Well, actually, Antonio Brown did himself in. Right. But uh, that's really all I got. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week on our regularly scheduled program at yeah, uh, Tuesday nights. I got to hit Freddie with the, oh, with the you yeah, know, Freddie, right. we, we did this for you. So, Freddie Soliotis, you're fired! Bye, Freddie.